Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by Netflix. Original programming that's one part HBO and nine parts sci-fi channel. Let's dim the lights and go to the movie theatre. Welcome everybody to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you by The Bar. When in North Carthage, swing by The Bar to escape your marital woes in favor of a quick game of the life. Welcome everybody to The Pestle. I'm Wes. And I'm Todd. And every time I always want to skip introducing our names. <laughs> and then I really? have to remember all the times that I've accidentally done that and you've had to correct my mistake. Oh yeah, who are we? Yeah, and it... That moment goes through my head almost every single time for the past, I don't know, 40 episodes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty basic. Well, you know, uh, we have new people tuning in every week. We got to remind them who That's we are. That's true. Let them know who we are. That's true. And some of our regulars get us confused, too. I feel like do I they? should, yeah, I feel like I should start injecting your name randomly. Well, Todd, what do you think about cameras? Well, they, they think uh, I sound like you and you sound like me. Well, I think they just transpose our names. Like, they just oh. forget by the end of the episode. Like, oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah. Wes said that. No, yeah. that was Todd. <laughs> the uh, the manly voice. It's oh, Todd. Yeah. 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 The no. one that sounds different every week is Wes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to know. That is. That's perfect. Awesome. So this is the pestle where we like to tease apart a film from filmmaker perspectives. And that could range in anything. I mean, we could be talking about cinematography, story, themes, um, acting, because we're both actors. Although you're more of an actor these days than I am. I don't have an agent anymore. Mm. And so I haven't auditioned or I haven't taken a class in close to a year now. Well, I wouldn't call what I do acting. <laughs> You show up and you get paid to be on camera. I guess that is. Cool. I guess, yeah. You're living the actor's dream right now. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment. So, yeah, that's kind of what we do in a nutshell, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I do uh, vi- uh, video production for a house here in, in Austin. You know, some stuff on the side as well, but for the most part, yeah. I mean, we do film is, is pretty much our life now. That's yeah, crazy. That is kind of crazy. I had this great conversation uh a month or two ago with a couple of friends and they were just, they're artists themselves and we were all getting brunch together. And, uh, one of them, Justin, my buddy, Justin, uh, stops everybody and says, guys, can we just appreciate right now that art is about to pay for our brunch right now? It paid for your trip down here. It's paid for everything we've done. We've gotten drinking and it's just paid for our life. Like that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. And that was just one of those wow moments for me. I was like, yeah, holy crap. It is. You could not have convinced me growing up that I could make a living doing art. <laughs> that's that's one of those, yeah, well, you get punched in the face by your pops kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wake up one day and you're like, oh, because, you know, you you want to get to a point where you feel like you made it, right? Yeah. But what that's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's even different for you at different stages of your life. It's true. So, you know, making it when you were 18 meant you were the the biggest, you know, either movie star or, or director, you know, in the world. And then, you know, you actually learn about what that means to, <laughs> right. to get to a place like that or to be that. And then you think, oh, okay, maybe making it is making a living doing it where I can go out and buy my friend's dinner because of my art. And that's totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's definitely where we're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And FYI, spoiler alert. Uh, if you have not seen the Martian, 
please pause this episode, go watch it. Um, we are going to be addressing a lot of, uh, a lot of spoilers in the film. We're going to be talking about everything. Um, and there's a lot of moments that, you know, I mean, I hate it when people tell me even like what they think about a movie, because then that affects the way that I watch the movie. So, so before you even know what we think of this movie, <laughs> pause and go watch, watch the movie. hundred okay. percent agreed. We're going to cover a lot of things. We're going to talk about cinematography, some of the performances, a bit of the story and other such things. And stuff. And, and, and things. Oh, and things. <laughs> and things. Oh, and man, stuff. we got a lot to cover. Uh, okay, so quick synopsis of the film. An astronaut becomes stranded on Mars after his team assumes him dead and must rely on his ingenuity to find a way to signal to Earth that he's alive. Directed by Ridley Scott, screenplay by Drew Goddard, based on the book by Andy Weir and starring Matt Damon as Mark Watney, Jessica Chastain as Melissa Lewis, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor as Vincent Kapoor, Jeff Daniels as Teddy Sanders, Michael Pena as Martinez, Sean Bean as Mitch Henderson, Kate Mara as Johansson, Benedict Wong as Bruce, Kristen Wiig as Annie Montrose, Donald Glover as Rich Purnell, and Mackenzie Davis as Mindy Park. <sighs> Surprise! I did not die on Soul 18, uh, best I can figure. This length of our primary communications antenna broke off and tore through my biomonitor and ripped a hole in me as well. Uh, but the, the antenna and, and the blood really managed to seal the breach in my suit, which kept me alive, even though the crew must have thought I was dead. I have no way to contact NASA, and even if I could, it's going to be four years until a manned mission can reach me. And I'm in a hab designed to last 31 days. If the oxygenator breaks, I'm gonna suffocate. If the water reclaimer breaks, I'll die of thirst. If the hab breaches, I'm just gonna kind of implode. And if by some miracle none of that happens, eventually I'm gonna run out of food. So, yeah. I love this movie for so many reasons yeah. and I'm 100% about to get your take on this, but it has all the things I need out of a space movie, really like yeah. 90% of them. The only thing missing is what aliens <laughs> and deep space interstellar travel. Yeah. Like, right. Right. That's Which about, you kind of get, but yeah. it's, a, it's just an off part of it. Yeah. Right. But you have all the sciencey things like this is the nerdy part of me is just overwhelmed with like, Oh, we have these crazy obstacles that we have to overcome and we got to test our character to see how smart he is. And he outwits it, you know, pretty much every time. And it's, I love seeing people backed into a corner and they have to fight their way out, you know, mm. and this is obviously more of a man versus nature setup. But what I love about that specific scene is they cut straight to the chase and set the stakes early on. And that's only... 16 minutes into the film. Yeah. They waste no time. It would have been easy, I think, for them to spend, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes getting everyone accumulated or uh, acclimated with each other and helping us really set the stage and all the relationships, but it wasn't necessary. Like, as they say, you know, cut to the chase. Let's get to the part where yeah. he's, he's going to struggle. Yeah. But, I mean, there's like a million things. What 
for one, what do you like about space movies in general? And did you like this one in specific? Yeah. I mean, there were aspects of it that I didn't like that took me out of it. But for the most part, it had, like you said, everything that I want. It had the interstellar travel. It had, you know, being, I felt like I was on Mars a lot of the time. I felt they did a really good job of making me feel the distance. Cause that's a, that's a thing that you can't really like, you can't really put your your finger on in most movies. In this movie, it's like literally however mil- millions of miles, right? And 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 they they do it in such a way that it's not doesn't make me feel dumb, but they let you know, oh, it's going to be sixteen minutes before like he's going to send me something. It's almost like an, 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 an off comment that he makes. It's like because he's talking to the camera, which is a brilliant touch. He's just keeping vlogs basically yeah. on Mars. And, uh, and he says, he says, Hmm, okay. So the, I'm going to, they're going to ask me a question and it's going to take 16 minutes or something. And he's like telling you as the viewer to the, the thing. And that's pretty, pretty awesome. It is. It's great because they, they do it with him. They do it in several other little, like you said, these little offhand comments so that yeah. it doesn't feel like they're spoon feeding you. Uh, and a lot of the time it even comes across as, we're inserting exposition through conflict. Yeah, I was just going to say, here's the problem and here's the solution eventually. Like, here's right. the problem. Shoot, what do I do? And I'm like, I don't know what you do. What do you do? And then, you know, and then he figures it out. But the problem is the information yeah. that, you're, that you're getting. And they did a really good job doing that. And, you know, other stuff too, like... Not ex- like, okay, when the, when the, the hab explodes or whatever it is and kills all his crops and stuff. And how does mm. he fix that? He just puts a tarp over it with duct tape. It'd be really, you know, it'd be really easy in another movie for them to explain why that works. Yeah. But they don't do that. He just, that's what he does. And, and uh, technically it would work. Right. Cause are you trying to prevent his like leakage? Right. Right. Yeah. Air leakage. So. There you go. Um, you know, stuff like that. And uh, anyway, I thought it was really good. Matt Damon is great in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to be honest, I was a little annoyed with Jessica Chastain in this film. I know that she has better performance in her. I've mm. seen her in a lot of other stuff, and she's very believable, very, very good actress. What was it about her performance that you were like, this isn't working for me, or, uh, he, or pulling you out of it, because that's what you were saying, right? Yeah, well, I mean, if I could say that, yeah. then it would be then I would know how to, how good acting is done. And that's not something that anybody really knows. I mean, like if you could really identify it, I just think like it just, I don't, I don't know if it was the writing or if it was her, maybe it was a little bit of both or I I don't know. I feel like for me, I've noticed in her, she doesn't tend to overdo it ever. Like she's a very come down kind of actress where Mm -hmm. she's just kind of playing it and she's rather flat. Her voice doesn't, I wouldn't say has a lot of melody to it. And I think, and in this case, I think that really worked against her because I, I totally see what you're saying. It didn't like affect me. Maybe not. I mean, maybe a little bit, but Mm. not too much, but whenever she's trying to play or she's playing a commander of a ship and commanders, right. Have to be stoic and even handed and all those things that you want out of a commanding officer. Now you're combining that with her tendency to play these kind of flat things. That's and exactly what it is. I, I was just going to say, like, I, I didn't really buy her as the commander. Yeah. And that kind of hurts because I think a lot of those things that come out of 
playing a commander or someone with a lot of authority and I don't know gravitas uh, is going to be there's a lot of energy and confidence that's played through usually kind of the voice. I feel like that's, it's certainly like uh, posture and the physicality of it, but I think a lot of it comes through voice as well. And I just don't have a sense that she has uh, the strongest command of her voice. I don't either. I'm speaking to someone. I mean, we were just joking about that a second ago. Like yeah. I have like the worst command of my voice <laughs> and it's something I'm constantly trying to work on. And I think that's kind of what I get out of her. It's like, maybe she just doesn't really know how to use her voice to the, to the best effect. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I She just took me out of it a little yeah. bit. But all the, all the, I love all the sciencey stuff, all the problem solving. They do this great thing of like, what's the term when you're looking back at something that you didn't even know happened. So like when he, so when he goes out and finds the Rover that had landed 20, 30 uh, years ago or something like yeah. that, you know, it had already happened. We never saw it happen. It just was there and he knew and he like, like yeah, all remembered. the reference, all the historical reference yes, in there. All of that stuff. that's just like given to you. Like, here's this thing that was there. End of it. You know? Oh, I, he remembered this thing was there and he went and got it. Brilliant. And But them on Earth realizing, like, learning that through watching little photographs of him throughout the Because the that's such a tricky card to play whenever you're trying to have two people come to a realization separately. Yeah. It can be really easy to, to kind of cheat it. Oh, I bet he's doing this. Mm -hmm. And instead, like you said, he had this brilliant idea and he's probably forced to have more brilliant ideas than they are Yeah, just because of the nature of his situation compared to theirs. But then they have them discover the idea by watching him yeah. and trying to project. And so it becomes a problem for them to solve, even though he never tells us exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And it becomes, we now get the exposition through their discovery instead of, because to your point, like their vlogs, little video diaries, that's a great way to, to give us his inner dialogue and exposition mm -hmm. because now he's kind of creating, I guess, his ghost for whoever yeah. discovers this later on. And once they introduce their ability to communicate um, or that they're on the same they understand as of whatever soul 54 that he's still alive now we get to have all these discoveries not through his uh, vlogging but through their discovery and I guess riddle <laughs> riddle me this yeah. uh, solving for him that's great yeah. that's combining all the best worlds of these things because mm -hmm. we get the comedic punch of his vlogs and then the actual feeling of discovery. That's one of my favorite things in any movie is that mm -hmm. ability to kind of generate the curiosity puzzle piece and then finding the, the puzzles kind of perfectly matching. God, that's like my button. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, can I, I'll say two more things. I did not like Don. <laughs> I didn't like Donald Glover. I was going to ask film. because I have a note on him. Do you feel like he was overacting? It was horrible. <laughs> it was really, really bad. I thought it was bad writing and it was mm. even worse acting. And I'm sorry, Donald, not that you need me to like you because yeah. everybody else loves you. I do for um, sure. But I mean, not necessarily in this film. I'm well, kind of on your same page. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, okay. Let me back up a step and just say this. The only actor I liked in this movie, almost the only actor that I liked in this movie was, was Matt Damon. Yeah. 
I can't. And there's literally everyone else. Let me let me go down the list here that you made yeah. me read earlier. Uh, let me see. Sean Sean Bean. Yeah, I like Sean Bean. Yes. Sean Bean and Matt Damon. That's it. Dang. No one else. I, I was like cool with uh, Vincent Kapoor. Uh, she would tell it. A GF4. Um, I was cool okay. with him. And I think I was, I liked Benedict Wong, actually. Um, I could feel kind of the stress of what he was going through. But I, I mean, I largely yeah. agree. I would say I was frustrated a little bit with Jeff Daniels. And he, he I want to say I saw an interview with him that he didn't do any research for the project. He was like, I'm just playing the character in the lines and um, I don't need the situation speaks for itself. I don't need to know every, the history of NASA in order to be a guy directing people in a crisis. And I mean, I understand where he's coming from, but I don't know. It felt, it didn't feel like he understood. It the felt like a <laughs> businessman running NASA. It did. Like it didn't feel, yeah, it not did. at all. Uh, yeah, not at all. I, yeah. And, and, and I will be the first to say that I can put all that aside and say that I liked this movie, True, but Matt Damon made it. Yeah. If it, if it wasn't him in that role, I don't know, and they put somebody else, it would have been a B movie. Yeah. With all of these actors, all of these actors, you take Matt Damon out, it's a B movie. And you know what's funny is I don't think I was able to come to this conclusion, same conclusion, you know, I feel 80% the same way as you do. And I didn't feel that way when I saw it in theater. Yeah. In theater, there's all that kinetic energy of we're seeing this big budget space film about living on Mars and habitating a planet and problem solving, all those things that we love. And I just went along with it. I was You let it go because it's space. 100%. I was still amused by Donald yeah. Glover. Um, I even like that. I would say the one part I do like about Donald Glover's thing is kind of his intro whenever he has his realization, whatever, and he gets up to run and he falls out of the frame. And I feel like that's just yeah. clever, like camera work. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's good. good comedy. And because normally, right, falling down, not funny. Mm. But presenting an empty frame uh, can be funny. And I thought that added some comedic punch. But by and large, I think you're right. A lot of the acting, or maybe, it's, like you said, maybe it's just some of the writing for I those think parts. the writing was really bad. Yeah. Honestly. Because these are good actors and actresses. Yeah. yeah these are world class. Is it, not, is it not PC to say actresses? Actress? I don't know Because everybody calls actors. Everybody says male or female, they say actor. Yeah. And so I, I'm a, okay. I assume that it's like the PC thing to say actor now. Okay, cool. I'll I've follow never, your lead on that. Uh, yeah, I just hear everybody say actor, so. Word. And so I agree with that. Um, I also like the, uh, the power of suggestion aiding the performance. So going back to Mark Wahlberg playing Mark Watney. Um, that's a lot of M's and yeah. W's and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you said, you said Mark Wahlberg. Did I? Oh, man. Matt Damon. <laughs> I was like, what movie are we watching? The Parted in Space? Okay. I, was, I almost rolled with it. That's so good. No, thank yeah. you for calling me out. And so Matt Damon playing Watney. Well, his performances are largely aided by these powerful suggestions. Like whenever he's impaled, we know in real life he isn't impaled. But he's going through all these beats of like, oh, the wincing and uh, the makeup is, I think, phenomenal. Like oh. all the, the makeup work that they did on him and probably a lot of his commitment to the part, like towards the end of the film, I bet he did lose weight. Yeah. He's got a track record of doing crazy Christian Bell like stuff for 
for his body, which I don't know how I feel about that. You know, as a fellow human, as a moviegoer, thank you. <laughs> but as yeah. a fellow human, I'm like, man, take just take care of your bodies. Let let them do it in post or something because that's the only body you're ever going to get at this point in really? science. I think that's so awesome. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not good for you. <laughs> I neither is running an Ironman. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad for you, actually. <laughs> I have so much incredible uh, awe and I'm inspired and I just can't believe the links that they go through and I appreciate the dedication for sure. But yeah, yeah, part of me is just like, dang. Yeah. You're, you're, you're killing yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Can't do that. There's no control Z for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it makes us buy into everything so much more whenever we see the makeup, you know, combined with his, his acting and all we're trying to do, right. Is create the suspension of disbelief and it's to make people buy into this guy's on Mars and he just got stuck by a radio or whatever the heck it was. And that comes down to all those elements coming together and it's aided his performance is so much more aided by red and blood and uh all he has to do is just kind of ah ooh, and then you're just like oh yeah me too <laughs> i'm so glad you brought up that moment though because that that's an intense moment you know when he's having to pull the end of the because you don't know what he's doing honestly mm-hmm. you think he pulls it out and that's it yeah but it's only any they don't tell you about this it's only because he knows there's something that's supposed to go on the end of this that's not on it anymore that it's in him. And then they show him matching it. He's shaking as he's matching up. He's like, is it there? It's there. Oh my God. (laughs) And he just like, just can breathe finally. That's incredible. And not a word is spoken. You know, it, oh, it's so good. It, It really shows you how smart he is. How smart he is, and also that they're giving us a little bit of intelligence for understanding yes. oh, yeah, after for the sure. fact. And Which anybody who listens to this knows we love. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that because it's just visual communication combined with a little bit of patience on our part. Like, yeah. what's he doing? Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are pliers yeah. in your body. You were shot, a, dude. And it's a slow, grueling scene. Yeah, it is. And so you really feel it. All of that, I think, is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's great. Everything. <laughs> Great writing, directing, acting. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Patience and editing. Like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And going back to the, the, the vlogs, <laughs> I love their use of that. So I, I'm pretty sure this is a PG-13 film, right? Yeah. And so you have this issue with PG-13 with you can only say the F word once. And then once you do that, you're, if you do two F words, now you're an R-rated film. It's this weird, hokey ridiculous rating system that we have that also allows a Jedi to cut someone down in half and still call that a PG 13 because there's no blood. (laughs) It's like, okay. Like, and I mean, there's more, I guess that you could say it goes into that idea, but it's mood and it's all these things. But in terms of language, you get one F word and that's it. Use it good. And they use those Vittery Diaries as a way to lessen the more edgy moments um, by cutting by cutting to these, you know, kind of GoPro angles. Not kind of. They are GoPros. By cutting to the GoPros, now you're changing the uh, the the view, like the texture of the film feels a little less cinematic and therefore a little less intimate. And then you're also cutting to this 
degraded audio quality too. So now you're kind of lessening the punch by using these audiovisual cues. So when he says something like, I'm freezing my balls off, like it doesn't feel, oh, this isn't as grating or as, I don't know, gross and edgy, um, mm-hmm. as I was saying. I mean, they, they use some of these other methods too, right, where they cut to reaction shots of what yeah. he's typing. Yeah. And so suddenly, oh, he's saying the F word and this, this, and you know, 10 different languages, which is impressive. I yeah. only know it in one language, <laughs> but he is an astronaut. Yeah. They're so, really smart about that. Yeah. The other thing I kind of thought was cool was establishing shots are always interesting to me. Establishing shots can be used to, for one, establish a location like, Oh, we're in New York city because of whatever the Chrysler building. And now we can say, affirmatively this is where we are and then in reality you cut to an interior shot of a studio in LA <laughs> like, yeah, yeah you're kind of faking everybody out guess what friends was not shot in LA or was yeah, shot in LA was, was shot not LA. shot in New York yeah but they use all those establishing shots to kind of trick you was it really yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> did not know that and so that's this little trick that they use but there's also another good use of it which is to lapse time And so whenever you're shooting, you know, Watney on the inside and he's working out something and then you cut back again to an establishing shot of the the habitat or whatever it's called. And also the uh, Mars surface. Well, now when you cut back to him again, we've kind of allowed that we've expected time to have passed and we can change to a new scene or allow time to advance or progress so that now he's done whatever, planting potatoes. And I think that's just a really smart, simple way for them to do that because they don't have anybody else to cut to it, you know, early in the film because we're still living life through his eyes for, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. I'm not sure how long, but it felt like ages. And the only way to really introduce something is to either time-lapse, video montage, or just cut to an establishing shot to kind of reset the the time and the day. Mm -hmm. Oh, smart. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think, and then going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I love the use of obstacles. Like, blow them up blow up all his great plans, destroy the celebrations, right? Whenever NASA's like, we're going to skip the safety check and that's going to save us two weeks and allow us to get to him to save his life. And then of course it goes off and everyone's happy. Like it reaches a certain point that they know is a critical point. They're like, good. No, 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 this is working. We're all happy. And then just completely destroy it. And now you're sitting with them like, crap, what do we do now? We just killed Mark Watney. And you have to go through this plan all over again of, well, what do we do? What's our new plan? And that's amazing because you have to test your heroes. You have to see what they're made of. And the only way you're going to get to do that is through tough circumstances. Now you get to see their wit and ingenuity. And it also reveals their character because how do you respond to adversity? I mean, that's just a human characteristic in itself, right? Like whenever, whatever, I don't get a gig or whatever. It's like, well, I can phone it in and go get a nine to five job or I can pick myself up off the pavement and figure out a new methodology. Like it's always going to be revealing your character and their desires. And most films, and this is like the epitome of the perfect log line. So whenever you're writing a script, you usually have what's called a log line. And that's kind of the one to two sentence 
synopsis of what your script is about. And every good script, well, I don't want to say that. That's a little too all-inclusive. But the, the ideology behind that is there should be an obstacle. Someone wants a thing and something is preventing them from getting it. Go. And I personally, in, in my heart, I kind of hate that. Um, I am drawn, I guess, more to indie dramas that don't focus too much on that. But here, obviously, you have something very clear. A guy wants to get back to Earth, and everything is preventing him from doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like space, Mars is trying to kill him. And it's great, because in this circumstance, it has a unifying effect on the entire world. Mm. And how beautiful is that? Those moments are like, that's what you want out of space. Yeah. Out of, I don't know. uh, I mean, it's the hope for sure, but just out of anything that's testing humanity. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. It brought everybody together at the end. It's pretty amazing because everybody had to like China had to step up and throw a rocket in. You know what I mean? Like they were, it was like the world came together. Um, And yeah, that was a beautiful, I never, I didn't even think about that for whatever reason, but I mean, that's the goal, right? You know, and it's beautiful that, uh, that they, it was like almost like a secondary thing at the end, but that they were able to bring that together, like throw that onto screen, like say, no, this is going to be something that's, that's really good. And then you show all the cuts and Times Square of, of, you know, the the city's reaction to to him getting caught. I mean, if you think about it, they're basically watching like a real reality movie, you know. Yeah. And they were cheering <laughs> just as we were. We were watching the him like flying through space like Iron Man. Yeah, oh my god! And that's like one of the reasons you love Mark Watney is because of his his humor. He was always funny. It was always funny. Like from the mo- the beginning to the end, like there was just this humor that he, that kept him alive. I think that's what really kept him alive. I, you know, because there, there was the, like, I think his lowest moment, it seemed like at least his lowest moment was, um, when he was counting his rations after it, after the, 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 the hab blue mm-hmm. and, the, you there was a storm outside and you can hear the the thing going whoo, 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 just like constantly over and over again the tarp that he put over the whole hole it just kept over and over and he was just there was a moment he just goes gah you know like as he's counting his rations like oh he had he had no cuz he had no humor left in that moment there was nothing he could say or think of that was funny but all the other moments, like when something happened, he thought of something funny that helped get him through it. It was humor. And that moment, he just didn't have anything. It was just so beaten down. It's like me putting my kids to sleep. I'm like really, I'm really calm most of the time. And then there's just always this moment where it's like, that's the line. I, you know, you found it. Good for you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, I have no more humor. I have no more patience. That's such a great point because not only giving him that humor adds levity and makes us, like you said, makes us really like him. Yes. But 
whenever you finally strip that away, we feel the gravity mm-hmm. and it's suddenly like, not only is this not fun anymore, but this is serious and the stakes are real. Yeah. Cause I was thinking when I watched it again in that moment, when I, the sound, um, just kept going back and forth and back and forth. I was annoyed with it. And so I put, I immediately put myself in his position and thought, Oh my God, if I'm annoyed after like 10 seconds of hearing it. Can you imagine being trapped in there and having to endure that for hours or maybe even a day or so? Cause apparently storms on Mars last for a long time. Like, it, oh, wow. like oh, man, Ooh. horrible. So yeah. So I really felt that moment too. And I love that. I love destroying good plans and creating these obstacles because it, mm-hmm. it really reinforces the idea, not only of all the things we've been talking about, but it also makes us believe that anything could go wrong and it adds tension every time we get a new plan. You're like, oh, well, is this one actually going to work or is this one going to fail too? Yeah, and there's so many things like taking the nose off the off the rocket before it flies out into space <laughs> and his his emotion right before he takes off. Whenever he gets to finally voice to voice with them, yes. that destroys me. Yes. Yes. And, and just right before they launched when he was, yeah, it was the voice thing, but it was also just like the last four years of his life have led to this moment and either it's going to work and he's going to live or it's not going to work and he's going to fly off into space and and die in space. And all of that work would have been for nothing because he's going to die now. So it was just the culmination of all of his, his fighting off the quit with humor or with whatever, just fighting off the quit for four years all leads to letting go and having no control anymore. He's done everything he possibly can. And here's the moment, you know, he just, Matt Damon just captured that really, really well. And I really do hope that he, you said he lost weight for that. I assume he sure? did. I'm not sure. I know that for he looked real, dude. one of He's... his earliest films, uh, courage under fire. Um, oh, he, yeah. he got like crazy, health risk like really? thin this mm. is back in the late 90s before christian bell did the machinist oh. and it, it kind of created the buzz about him like oh my god did you know what might and he was a nobody at the time that was yeah. i want to say before maybe before, before goodwill hunting wow and so he's Man. committed okay well uh <laughs> w- that that just was a really beautiful moment yeah you know Right there. Completely agree. And I love just how mangy he looks, right? The beard, the teeth look like they're rotting out. Yeah. Like it's brutal. Sorry to tell you, man, you got a long (laughs) dental road ahead. (laughs) Speaking of someone who I went to the dentist today for the first time in two years. Just one tiny little cavity. Not bad. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's just tiny. For me, like Andy Weir, the guy who wrote the book and the book is amazing. If you haven't read that, definitely go pick it up. Um, It's just amazing. The, an incredible story because he wrote this as kind of this fiction thing that he was giving away for free and he was just publishing it chapter by chapter online and it kept gaining a bigger and bigger following. And people were like, you know, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, at least I'm pretty sure this is how this went. Could you just put it on Amazon? Um, and he was like, yeah, I'll put it up there. And I don't think he could find a way to make it for free. So he like charged, I don't know, a buck or something like that for a while. And, it just kind of kept snowballing and wow. became this cult fan favorite thing that eventually got picked up by publishers and just kind of took on a life of its own because he liked the idea of using this story as a means of researching space. 
and researching habitability of Mars and okay, what's the worst thing that could happen that you could still overcome? And how can I stitch that together in a cool story? Um, he released it chapter by chapter. Yeah. That's really brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so he had no intention of like becoming, you know, this. Wow. That's, uh, I love that. Yeah. That's the freaking coolest thing ever. God. <laughs> Pretty damn cool. So his research paid off and, and I cannot wait to see what he, he's creating another book right now. Another uh, uh, fiction? Yeah. Another fiction. Space? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if he said whether or not Watney's going to be in that one as well, but I want to say he will be. Really? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm like stoked out of my mind. Oh my God. <laughs> Cannot wait. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I got. I think the last other thing I would throw out there is I wasn't super sold on their no gravity, like the space gravity. I don't know. It looked a little hinky to me. Oh yeah. It was obviously wires. Yeah. And that yeah. kind of, that Kind of pulled me out a little bit. Definitely. I'm I mean, telling you, the th- only thing that made this movie <laughs> was being on Mars with Mark Watney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that really, that really was it. And, it. and because it was in, it was on Mars, it was in space, I was able to just like let everything else go because it was just, it was just, I looked at it as fluff to get me an information to get me back to Mars. Mm-hmm. Right. And it gave me what I needed and it got back to Mars. Um, the whole, the whole Donald Glover saying, here's my idea with the stapler. I wanted to throw the TV out the window. It was pretty condescending. It was terrible. Yeah. I, yeah, it was very condescending. I was like, F you, man. You're talking to NASA guys. Yeah. Like, they, all you got to say is, here, you're, the stapler is the thing. It's just... Oh, at so the stupid. most. I mean, and that would have been weird for those guys to not know that in the first place. Yeah. And so I think it only affects people like you and I. Um, that are just nerds about this stuff anyway. The audience is probably not quite as familiar with, oh, yeah, yeah, we could like slingshot and use a gravitational pull. But if you've, I don't know, seen any modern day space film, I feel like that's something you're vaguely aware of. Yeah, but I can't speak to for all those people when we're, you know, doing a pestle on the Martian. I'm going to tell you what Fair I enough. think. And what I think is that that. Well, we're PG-13, right? Yeah. Have we said, said the F word yet? No, we haven't. <laughs> that that <laughs> pissed me off. <laughs> there you go, PG-13. I hope we use that all right. Uh, but, but like, you know, like I said, it was just all information yeah. to get me back to Mars. And it, they did that. And, and that made the movie definitely... I mean, I, I watched it multiple times. And I enjoy it every single time I've watched it. I think I've watched it three times now. Maybe, maybe even four. I don't even know. I think three, but, and I enjoyed it every single time yeah. and I'd watch it again. Same. Yeah. I started watching it earlier tonight Really, and I got about halfway through and I'm like, man, I want to finish this. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Matt Damon, <laughs> go figure. So that said, what are you going to recommend this week? Oh, okay. So I have been watching Narcos on Netflix and it is okay. Now listen, don't watch that if you don't like subtitles because the entire thing is subtitles, but it's a lot of fun. Are you watching Mexico right now or the original first two? No, the two Mexico, Mexico with uh, Michael Pena. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's really good, man. Uh, oh, I need to watch that. It's a good way. It's a good way to kill time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And like, you know, cause I was traveling and so I was, I had, you know, you're on a plane, you just throw it on and it gets sucked in. And, and it's really interesting cause you think, you know, yes, there's a cartel here and a cartel there, but how do those things start? Like, how do you like, you know, get drug pens together to work together? Like, yeah. it sounds like impossible thing to do. And it shows how this, you know, and it's like based on fact and stuff. It's crazy. Wow. Anyway, it's, and it's, it's really well made. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to recommend a Korean film that once again, if you don't like subtitles, probably not for you, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's called Castaway on the moon and it's really beautiful and interesting. It's about a guy in Korea, I'm guessing who uh, gets stranded on an, a small like trash Island just off the main city. And it's his struggle to survive. And it's very The Martian, except on Earth. And it's really good. Highly recommend. Yeah. Beautiful. And you will find all those trailers, both those trailers, (laughs) uh, at com slash The Martian. So stay tuned. Next week, we are going to be doing a documentary. This will be our first documentary. That's hard to believe. It kind of is, because we watch a lot of documentaries. Yeah. And this one's called Free Solo. Yes. And it's about, I guess, a guy who climbs like the hardest mountain in the world yeah. uh, doing, is it just called soloing? Or well, it- yeah. So he, it's Alex Honnold, who's widely considered to be the, the greatest rock climber in the world. Uh, and he free solos El Capitan, El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. Free solo means you climb without a rope. Hmm. Uh, yep. What about uh, a net? Is there a net? There's no nets. There's no ropes. It's just you chalk on the wall and that's mm. it. And, uh, uh, I, as someone who's seen it already go, I mean, I don't, it, you, I don't think you can watch it in the theater anymore. I think it's out of the theaters. Yeah. This is kind of a rough one on you guys because yeah. I don't know if there's a way, I don't know if there's a way right for you to watch it, but I don't, oh, man, this one's going to be tough. Yeah. You're going to have to find it somewhere. Cause it's good. Cause it, yeah. And then don't just watch it on your little phone. Mm-hmm. It, it is definitely a film that you need to, you know, bigger the pro- screen. Pro- the better. Yeah, yeah. Project it on a wall or something, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. Nice. Don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes. And if you want to leave us a note, we might even cover a thing just like we're going to do for Izzy. My man Izzy is the bomb diggity man. He's been on not just, you know, the comment boards, but he also went on our Facebook page and, yeah. uh, which is facebook.com slash the pestle, I believe. And he left us a review on uh, the page. So he's killing it. And he's got a couple requests that we're going to be doing coming up. Awesome. Not next week. Next week. Like we said, we're already doing free solo. It's because we have an interview lined up for it, but we're also going to be doing his request is to do uh, Birdman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, which awesome. I always want to call Birdman because there's no dash. It's just it's oh, it's not Birdman. It's Birdman. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what? It's not Batman. It should be. <laughs> well said. Touche. Touche. <laughs> so if you awesome. want to drop a note, um, you can do so and. Talk to us and Izzy at thepestlepodcast.com slash the Martian. Boom. And we'll leave you with a quote of the day from Stephen Hawking. My advice to other disabled people would be concentrate on things your disability doesn't prevent you doing well and don't regret the things it interferes with. Don't be disabled in spirit as well as physically.
Yeah. This was a tough one to come up with because I was trying to figure out what is the heart of this film about? And I feel like it is. You nailed it. All those things, right? Yeah. I mean, if anybody understands isolationism and uh, trying to be uninhibited, even though you're clearly dealing with obstacles and debilitating issues, I think Stephen Hawking could relate and maximize it, right? Yeah. I mean, very early on in his brilliant career, he couldn't even, like, talk. Yeah. And the guy's written countless books. I have no idea. And philosophies, acting. I mean, what has he not done? Had kids. He's lived the most full life for someone who couldn't even speak or move. What's your excuse? Right. <laughs> What's my excuse? <laughs> yeah, I, I know this. I I think you chose very wisely. This is definitely the heart of the film and not just the heart of the film, but, you know, what, what we need, the way we need to be looking at our, our lives and and all the, the riches that come with it uh, every single day. I mean, I'm constantly reminding myself of how good I've got it, no matter what crap is going on, you know, at work or at home or, or whatever, none of it, all of it pales in comparison to some, how worse it could be. Right. And by worse, it's all in, in a matter of perspective. Yeah. You know, and you see these, these guys, you know, have no arms or, or no legs or, you know, just down and out and they're still happy. And you think, well, I would be a wreck. Well, I mean, it's a decision. And, Obviously, Stephen Hawking decided, oh, I'm not going to let this, you know, affect me. And thank God, because, I mean, just the knowledge that he's, that he gave the world was incredible, you know, and hopefully we have, I mean, hopefully one day there'll be another one because we'll need it soon. Yeah. You know, but yeah, well, well chosen. Thank you. Beautiful. So join us next week, guys. We're going to be doing free solo. Like we said, as Wes said earlier, please go on and review us, subscribe, uh, and tell your friends about us because we, we do this for not just for us, but for y'all. And we love to hear what you think. So tell us you love it. You hate it. Just, you know, let us know. But until next week, I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch some movies.